Hello, this is Jamie J, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 65 of Chasing Dreams, which, you know, every episode is just mind-boggling, the fact that we're further and further along and you guys tuning in still love it and you're going to enjoy today's episode i have my friend jamie J on the show jamie is an avid hockey fan he loves the competitive spirit and the team aspect of the game he enjoys the sport so much that he decided to integrate his passion for the sport into his passion for marketing jamie has been working in the sales and marketing arena since he left the u.s army as a paratrooper for the 82nd airborne division in 1994 working three different Fortune 100 companies, he quickly learned how to build relationships. And the challenging aspect of working for a large company was having the ability to be creative. So that's one of the main reasons he went out on his own and started his own business. As time progressed, Jamie found that he really enjoyed making websites for people. And so he started Slapshot Studio in 2013 and never looked back. Jamie enjoys traveling, boating, playing guitar, hanging out with family, and playing hockey. And we met over our combined joys of podcasting at podcast movement two years ago we ran into each other this past summer as well which was a nice surprise and so he's here today taking some time out to talk to you guys about his journey and so jamie welcome to the show thank you so much and i just have to say i love your name amy J. (laughs) (laughs) you know and, and it's always fun when you say it like when you did your drop that was awesome i was like huh because I, I do have a sister named Jamie. I don't think I ever told you that. I have a twin sister named Jamie. Oh, my gosh. Yes. No. True story. No, that's just crazy. And that's she's the crazy. older one. She, she's the older one. I'm the one that came out. Uh, I was a surprise child. So, and, But wow. she doesn't really refer, refer, refer to herself as Jamie J. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm always like missed opportunity, I feel. Yeah. And you are proof of that. <laughs> See, I, I love it. It just there's some There's a nice ring to it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, you know, I love that you actually spell, um, well, I don't think it was intentional, but you go J-A-Y, your last name. Yep. And mm-hmm. I love that spelling. Oh, cool. I yeah, don't know my, why. There's just, you know. My mom did a good job. <laughs> yes. Con- please tell her that. I, I, I concur. Now, Jamie, you've been a big hockey fan. And as your friend in the last uh, year and a half or so, you know, I've seen your Facebook. I've seen social media. You've been very involved. You've been traveling. I've seen you playing. Has that been a lifelong thing? Oh, yeah. I think I started in 1976, so I'm dating myself. 40 years I've been playing hockey. I started in Alaska. Uh, that's where I grew up uh, through age 13, and and I just love it. I just have – it's just fun. It's always something. It's just something that even though I took a little hiatus from it in my 30s when I was doing other things, it's one of those things that just – it's always been a part of my life. It's, it's so addictive 
addicting and it's just it's just fun. It's a good time. It's a great way to meet people and it's a good way to get your mind off of work and things like that. You can just totally be focused on hockey and the enjoyment of the sport. Well, I definitely I definitely felt your passion for it when talking to you back then, but also, you know, when I asked for a bio to kind of work with, you know, one of the first sentences was avid hockey fan and I'm like well, was someone who's that passionate, did you ever consider playing professionally? Oh, yeah. I had my shot in 1990. No, wait, was it 97, 98? No. No, it was 2000. I think it was 2000, maybe. I got a chance to try out with the, the Phoenix Mustangs and uh, yeah, didn't make the team. Um, and they were a low-level pro team. But still, at the same time, you know, I got to go out there and skate and, and do all the drills and stuff like that. And it's just a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. So let me ask you this. As someone who, who I think it's amazing that you even took the shot at all of, of trying out, do you, oh, have yeah. any, do you have any regrets of going down that route given that you didn't make the team? No, not at all. Super stoked to have done it. I guess um, when – I would never forget this, but my little brother and I, when, when we were moving from Alaska to Colorado in 1982 – my brother was in the back seat crying and he was saying, hockey is my life. I'll never forget that. <laughs> uh, he and I just loved hockey that much. I mean, we, I remember we had our assignments in school, we would write about hockey and at lunchtime in sixth grade, you know, all the, all the schools there, elementary, middle school, um, high school, they all have ice rinks. And so at lunch, you know, you, you could go skate if you wanted to. And, and, you know, both my brother and I were ice guards at lunchtime. So we'd leave class 15 minutes early to go get our gear on and be there to help people get around the ice. So we've always had that around us. And I have no regrets. Anytime I get to get on the ice, even if it's a bad game or something, you know, something happens, whatever, um, I'm, I'm on the ice. It's just, ah, oh, what a feeling. That's awesome, actually, because you it almost seems like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you don't have to play professionally. You just want to play. Exactly. Get in the game. <laughs> get out there and just do whatever it is you have fun with. And that's, for me, what I have fun with. And then when I get around pros or I get to meet pros, and just a couple of weeks ago we got to skate with the St. Louis Blues, some of their some of their players and, and some of their former players, in an event to help raise some money for um, youth charities in the St. Louis area. And I felt like a little kid myself getting to be around. And these are kids, these pros, these kids, they're 25, 26 years old. And I'm 20, 25 years older than these guys. But I feel like a little kid getting to meet them. It's just it's kind of ironic and funny at the same time. And you're making time for it because outside of that, I mean, you were in the U.S. Army. And, yep. how, and how long were you in the Army as a paratrooper? Uh, three years to the day. Got in. Three years and then got out the same exact day that I came in three years later. Wow. Yeah. So three years, you're in the Army, you come out, you're doing marketing now, working for these different companies. Yep. Was there an interest in what you were doing or was it more of a, I need to have money to live and survive kind of thing? Yeah, it was more of, um, I, I got back and I got a job as a waiter, um, went to school and then one of the people I met at that job waiting tables, um, he went off and he and I became good friends. We were roommates. And then he went off and got a job at this big company. And, and, uh, because I knew him, um, I got, a, a, you know, kind of a, the inside step into getting in that job. And that's how I got into corporate America. And for me, 
that's what I think kind of corporate American is. It's kind of who you know and where you get to. And then once you get in, uh, as long as you, you know, go through the, you know, the, the ebbs and flows of corporate America, you can kind of just guide through life, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. That's actually uh, almost true today, too, as well, don't you think? I, I would think I have I've been out of corporate America for quite some time um, and have n- no inkling of ever going back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's why I like working with so many entrepreneurs and small business owners. Um, I do not like working with uh, big, big companies. Not not uh, not interested. <laughs> but, you know, that's a that's a lesson in and of itself. Some would say that it's a wasted opportunity, but I think you learn something from it even if it was what you don't like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I learned, I learned a lot from corporate America. I have to, have to be honest because it, it wasn't all bad. Obviously I took some, some positives out of that and I learned a lot of stuff that I didn't know at the time was going to be important. Um, a lot of the measuring, a lot of the, you know, the, the weekly meetings that we'd have, they used to call me Jamie time at this one company. Jamie I worked time. At. They called me Jamie T. Well, they called me JT, and it stood for Jamie Time because we'd have our sales meetings every Monday, and I dreaded these sales meetings because they were like two hours long. Ugh. They were so boring. No and you meeting should ever go, be two hours long, guys. I just oh, it was terrible. And and I wouldn't. I'd come in whenever, and and I was like, you know what. I can't, I can't start my week off at such a negative energy. And uh, they let me go because I always hit my numbers. And so they'd start saying, oh, where's Jamie? Oh, it's JT. <laughs> so, it wasn't so, ne- <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily a positive connotation for JT. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was definitely. But but I embraced it. I was like, all right, you know, and as long as I hit your numbers and that's kind of how corporate America is. If you hit your numbers, no one bothers you. If you don't hit your numbers, then they're all over you. And it's just, it's either, it's, it's either happy, happy or doom and gloom. It's one or the other. There's no, there's no really no happy medium. And it's, it's just not a fun way to live your life. You know, I'm just, ugh, don't well, like it. <laughs> and, and you're not necessarily wrong. And it's not that every place is like that guys, but you're right. There are a number of places, not just uh, corporate America, government and uh, other businesses do have the same kind of mentality where it's quota based billable hours for lawyers, uh, numbers you got to hit for production for other places. And, you know, to those who can do it, kudos to you. Awesome. Uh, I'm not one of those people. I'm not a fan of that. It's, it's not me, but it's exactly what you're talking about. But when you, when you left, did you have any inkling of what you wanted to do at that point? No. Um, except for the fact that I wanted to be some of the, so some of the things that, cause then I got into radio and stuff like that. I did a little bit of that, but some of what I wanted to get done in, when you have a structured environment like that, and I keep going back to this doc, I wish I didn't because I respect a lot of people that work in that industry and there is a lot of good there. There's a lot of security and stuff like that. But there's also, if, if for people like you and me, we, we're entrepreneurs, we want, if we want to be able to do something, guess what? We go after it and we do it, right? This is true. In corporate America, there's an approval process, um, depending on how far up the ladder you have to go to get certain things done. And this is particularly um, relevant to, you know, advertising, radio, television, things like that. And that's kind of, while I don't do radio and TV, I kind of help people online now. 
I was having a, a serious challenge with that because I wanted to be creative. So we did a thing called, um, I don't know if you ever remember that show, Pimp My Ride, where yes, yeah, back I in love the day that show. Exhibit, yeah, it was kind of cool, you know. I love that, that was, show. <laughs> that was, you know, worthy of getting their car pimped out. You know, they'd take it to West Coast Customs and they would pimp the car out, and they would be like, they do the big reveal at the end, and like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Well, I wanted to do something like that on the radio. And so I, we had a station that I worked with in, in Northern California called Mega 100. And so we called it Mega Mize My Ride. And I thought, this is great. We're going to help someone out. And we got hundreds, probably thousands of applicants, you know, to turn in their, you know, their, their, their stories on why we should pick them. And, and it, I, I actually had the honor of choosing the winner. And, and it was a, you know, a, a single mother, three kids who had been oh, beaten wow. by her husband and just had a, you know, a really crazy story. And she had an old 1967 Mustang and we, we, we just, we megamized her ride. That was fantastic. And, but the challenge was when I first came up with that, I had to go through pitch meeting after pitch meeting after pitch meeting and let them know this is what the vision is and well you have to do this much and you have to do this much and oh you can't have that and you can't have this and I was like ay 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 so you're fenced just, in yeah and so when I came up for another one and I said you know what here's another idea I have and they started doing the same stuff and I said you know what that I'm done <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore I just want to just do happy things <laughs> and just get stuff done yeah, so it's very difficult when somebody uh, when you have a dream and you share it with someone and then they start putting fences around it. And it's like, where did that ceiling come from? I didn't I didn't have it when I first thought about this. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's 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 terrible. Yeah. But you know what? So that so the good news out of all that is it motivated me to get off my behind and start my own thing. So now there's obviously pros and cons to doing that. And it was very thought out for me. But the pros far outweighed the cons, you know, my little Ben Franklin. And I said, I'm doing it. I'm going to go do it and have fun with it. Now, were you scared? I got to say, I mean, you said it was a thought out process, but you know, oh, heck yeah. Anytime <laughs> you do something like that, you, you lose the security of that, you know, that check coming in, you know, that check's going to be there every couple of weeks to going, well, how much am I going to make this month? Yeah. <laughs> you know, am I going to hit the bills? I, that you yeah, need to hit? Can I make, can I make rent? Can I, you know, can I, and I pay my internet, you know, and oh shoot, now I have to pay for a phone. What? Right. How, wait, that doesn't come with it. And yeah. so did you have like a safety net at any point or was this a full out, I'm jumping out this window and let's see if I can fly? Yeah. So <clears throat> most people are very responsible. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I, I guess I should say in, in my mind, I would think most people are responsible in doing this. And, and, and a lot of people that I talk to now, I, I call them entrepreneurs. They've, they're planning out a way of living out their dreams, you know, by replacing their, their, their income. Right. And, but they don't make that move until their income is replaced because they have responsibilities, you know, family and, and, you know, whatever, uh, bills. Well, I wasn't like that. Um, I, I kind of just, I kind of just left and I did not have a big security blanket. I had a couple months worth of, of salary saved up. That was it. So it was like, if I had to do this, I had to do it and move. And that's what I did. I just, uh, I took off and, and now here I am, you know, we've had our, our company for several years now and we're every year we've doubled our business since we started. That's an amazing feat. I mean, because that's yeah. what, uh, three, a little bit, little bit over three years. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we have seven people working with us now. So it's, it's exciting. So when you first started in 2013, was it just you? Just me. Yep. Just so, me going crazy. <laughs> now, can I ask, if, it's a little bit personal if you don't mind. Did you yep. have other responsibilities? You were talking about entrepreneurs who had probably ch- kids or uh, other things that they had to account for or take care of. I got the feeling that that wasn't a concern for you. Yeah, I was, I'm single. So um, I have a girlfriend now, obviously. Um, but, and I had, well, I did have a, uh, a girlfriend. It, we've been together for about five years, but we, we live separately. You know, we don't live together. Right. She like wasn't that, a dependent. Exactly. Okay. So, so yeah, it was, it was tough, but at the same time I was very fortunate with my situation and I, I was, it, you know, I could pretty much do what I wanted to do and it wouldn't really affect other people. So um, I did have that as a little bit of a, where most people, you know, I'm 46, most people are married with kids and, or, you know, whatever they have their life going on, whether or not they're married or not. But for me, I just, it was just me. So I did have that as a, in, in my opinion, was a blessing um, so, so that it wouldn't affect anybody else. So let me ask you a what if scenario then, because this is one of the things a lot of people seem to face that if they're in a situation where like, for example, myself, I don't have dependents that have to rely on or, or be concerned with necessarily. So it's just like you, me, myself and I. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's easier for me to take risks as a result. Right. right? And say, and it sounded like you for the same thing for you. What if, you did have dependence. Do you think your mindset, your approach to taking that jump would have been different? And do you think it would have been a delayed result? You would have gotten the same answer? It would have been 100% different. I wouldn't have done the same thing. No doubt in my mind. Um, it would have been, it would have been a, um, I would have been in corporate America for a much longer time. And I would have, I would have worked a little bit harder because um, to me, family, I, I know I'm, I'm single. I mean, I have my girlfriend and all, but family is, is, is a huge deal for me. And I respect the heck out of even the people that are on the staff here. If they're working overtime, I mean, I, it's very rare that that happens. Um, during the week, during the week, they have to take a minimum of one three-hour block personal time during the week where it's actually work time where they're going out and having fun. I play hockey. I tell them to go do what they want, spend time with their family. And, and it's, it's really a big deal for me. It really, really is. That's really uh, cool. Not a lot of, and, I, I know very few that do that. Yeah. Well, I think it's huge. And so if I had the family, you know, the, the house and the family and the kids and all that stuff, then I would have definitely totally gone about it differently. And I would have eventually got to where I'm at right now. I know it just because I'm just stubborn like that. But the key to doing that, I think, would be to communicate and get your family on board, not just your your wife, your husband, but your kids. Involve them. Now, you don't want to involve your kids at, at the level that you involve you know, your spouse, but get everybody involved and on the same page so that when that transition happens – the expectations are set and everybody is communicating. And I really, really think that that would help um, people that are thinking about doing this out a lot. And I want to f- uh, kind of focus on what you said just then also is you seem really sure that you would have still reached a point that you would be doing what you're doing today. It may have been delayed and may have taken longer, but you, you seemed really sure. And you said it's because you were stubborn. Yeah. Well, and, and I love what I do. Um, so do you think those any- two things play a part in it? hundred percent. I think stubborn and 
I want to say selfishness is a stubborn, but being both stubborn and selfish, those are actually good things. So there's a lot of negative connotations associated with those normally, in my opinion. But if you want to be able to take care of your family or do the things in life that you want to do, you have to be stubborn, meaning that you have to keep doing what you need to do in order to get where you want to be. But you also have to be selfish. So if, if, if I don't take care of myself, provide for myself and make sure that everything is done for me, how in the heck am I supposed to take care of someone else? And that includes personal and professional. So if I can't take care of myself and have my bills paid and, you know, build the company effectively, how is a client going to look at me and say, um, well, if you're doing, how are you going to help me if you're all messed up or same thing with your family? <laughs> it's you know? true. Yeah. So be stubborn and be selfish and be proud of that. And so you actually, I guess, even though it didn't occur in that form, I'm pretty sure you were pretty stubborn probably in informing the company and was the initial incarnation of Slapshot Studios that or did it was it one thing and it's evolved into Slapshot Studios? Yeah, it was it was always going to be Slapshot Studio, but it did start out pretty much just doing websites. And then it kind of grew. Then my message got all conflicted. What, Jamie, what do you do? <laughs> I was going to say, what do you That's mean by, by a conflicted message? Were you? Yeah, I was, I was doing so many different things. Um, and I had it on more than one occasion where people would say, Jamie, what the heck do you do? You do not want people to ask you that, right? Like if you tell them, yeah, well, I, you know, we do video and we do this and we do that. And then somebody goes, what do you do exactly? So I had to <laughs> kind of pull back and kind of reevaluate and you know, that's what we've been working on over the past uh, six to eight months. So we're finally getting the direction down and we split the companies up into five different companies. And so it's it's good. It's it's good now. We're, we're, we're focusing on that. And 2017 will bring a brand new message and it'll be a lot clearer, a lot more understandable for people. Now, that's actually an interesting thing you said. When people were confused by your message and what you were doing and that you took some time to evaluate that, what kind of goes into that? thought process. I mean, you divided it into five companies. Did you have five different messages going on? You sure did. Yeah. Because well, that, yeah, that explained it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was tough because, you know, as what we called then a digital agency, um, you, there's, there's several different aspects to an agency. But the only problem is if you don't have an infrastructure built in to manage each segment or each uh, vertical within that agency, then it's, it's like I said, conflicted. People don't understand. It gets all wishy-washy. So what I did is since I don't have, you know, a, a hundred person agency or whatever these big agencies do, I broke it down into five different brands so that we could brand each one separately and independently of one another. However, market them together in such a way that it makes sense for someone to, you know, look at that and say, oh, I see exactly what they're saying or I see what they're doing. So you're, you kind of have like a recurring theme amongst all of them, but they each have their own unique message. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yep. But so I have, you know, you have the, the five different companies, A, B, C, D, E. And then what I did was I'm coming up with this brand for, I'm calling it the five barriers to online success. Well, the five barriers, I, I've provided a solution for each one of those barriers in that particular brand. So that's how I'm kind of pulling them all together. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like an umbrella, uh, <clears throat> an umbrella, right, mm -hmm. with the different areas or, or points underneath it. Yes. Exactly. So you're doing now. So now, 
Jamie, you went from one company to essentially five companies and mm-hmm. you love hockey. You have a girlfriend. And how are you finding time for all this? Believe it or not, I only work about four and a half days a week. No, I don't believe it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, and and same with same with my entire staff. Nobody works overtime, which is really, really cool and really powerful, I think. Um, but what's what's cool about this is that there's a I don't know if you have you read the book, The 12 Week Year? No, not the 12. I've, I've read the four hour work week, the 12 week yeah. year, 12 week year. Got to get that book. You, you know who it's by it. or off the top of yeah, your head? Heck, heck yeah. It's by Brian P. Moran and Michael Lennington. Okay. Get that book. And I recommend that your listeners get that book inside that book. Um, it flipped. It just completely flipped the whole world upside down for me. Um, so instead of that, you've heard about the annual business plan and how important it is to write a business plan for your company. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Basically you do that for a 12 week year. So you in essence turn the next 90 days into your year and you'll accomplish more in 90 days than most people do all year. And why is that? Because you have four times as many chances to account for your actions than you do in a year. And it's really, really cool because it, it sets you and it really literally walks you step by step through what you should do there. And it takes down your goals, all that kind of cool stuff. It's all based off of a vision statement that you create, that you create. And it's just, it's just neat. I mean, you build in personal fun time while you work. How many, what? No, no, how is yeah, that possible? Yeah. I'm like, so how, wait, how long have you been doing this? Actually, I've been doing it for... Uh, about a month now. That's how long we've uh, been going through the book, right? That's great. So, so what's really cool about this is that you could take you could take about a week to put this all together because when you're doing this, you're completely planning your life. I mean, it's it's a game changer. So, it's this book has had more impact on for me than any other book I've ever read in my life, and I've read a lot of books. Um, so I can't recommend enough that you. Get the book and check it out. Well, I'm looking at it now because, you know, mobile is, is a yeah. thing. Yeah. And it looks really cool. Uh, I will definitely get it and check it out. I mean, the fact that you've seen such a difference already in 30 uh, a month. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just insane. And, and here's the thing. I haven't even started my first 12-week year. It starts on Monday. So h- how did you hear about this? I can tell you. Well, uh, through, through a mastermind group. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I, I'm involved in a mastermind group, and I, highly, I love masterminds. So if you, you and your listeners can get involved in a mastermind group, that's huge. Um, it's it's been very very helpful for me being able. Could, here's the other thing: as a leader, mm-hmm. everybody asks me the questions. I always have to get the answers, but I can never ask the questions, right? Like, I I mean I can, and and I can confide in my staff and stuff like that. But but at the same time, that's not really you know like. I'm not going to go to my staff and say, okay, you know, what are we going to do for this campaign this month? You know, that, I mean, I, I can say that and I do, but I kind of have to have, you know, I kind of have to have a, a, a vision for the company, right? But when I get into question about the vision, mission, core values, you know, who do I get to ask? You know, I, it's, it's kind of like, ah, you know, so that's where a mastermind comes in. And so they brought this up and I mean, it looks like a fantastic book and resource. Oh my gosh, yeah. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to check back in with me and let me know how this goes. 
Oh, I definitely will. And um, and I built a little uh, spreadsheet. I'll send that over to you. Um, so the spreadsheet will manage. You know, it'll help you set up your 12 weeks and all that kind of stuff. It's it's really big on accountability. So if you achieve 85% of the goals that you set up, mm-hmm. um, they say in the book that you are very likely to achieve your overall goals at the end of the 12 week year. That's so fascinating. I'm very curious. Yeah. I d- you know what? Let's, let's, we should bring you back after a year yeah. just oh, to yeah. talk about after, after the 12 week year. Yeah. 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 And, I'm, I'm and just it. so you know, this is what the 12 week year will do for me. That would be January 6th. That's the last day of my 12 week year. Okay. So I also know you can ask me, what am I doing on uh, November 8th or November 7th? Or, you know, it's really cool how that goes out there. And I've built out what I'm doing every single day for the next 90 days. It's amazing. It's a great way to just kind of outlook it. So let me ask you this, as you were preparing this, right? Because you've gone through quite a journey yourself, right? You went oh yeah, as a hockey fan, as uh, trying out, not making it, going into the army, finishing three years later, doing Fortune 100 companies, three of them, and then coming out and then starting your own company and kind of seeing that evolve, right? You've seen the different stages and you've kind of had different experiences. And now you sit, you sit down and you kind of do this vision statement and whatnot, and you kind of look to the future. What was that like? Did you, did you just kind of say, you know, if sky was the limit, this is, yep. this is what I'm looking for. Exactly. I said, um, so we're going to go in November, we're doing a little retreat and it's a come as you will be in 2020. And so each of us are going to talk for about eight minutes and there's, I think about 35 or 40 of us going. And so we each talk about eight minutes and we're going to talk about exactly what we think our life will be or look like in 2020. And what's cool when you do something like that and discuss it with friends or family to get their feedback and, you know, um, it's cool because you say, wow, you know, I, this is, that's really what I want. And, you know, I'm, I'm communicating it. Everybody knows about it to help out with accountability, right? That's why you, you talk with other people about that stuff. Sure. And one thing, accountability is not consequences, right? Accountability is action. So a lot of people th- get another negative connotation when it comes to accountability. And I don't want that to be the case. So they have to think of accountability as a positive. And then one more thing from this book be- before I go back, and I'm sorry to get off track there, Amy, but I'm so no, excited. About I, this. Hey, I'm glad you talked about this book. Uh, um, so one more thing about this book is success. And I'd love to ask you what your definition of success is. A lack of regret. A lack of regret. Well, yeah, because, you know, I'm a big proponent of that life is short and, Mm -hmm. you know, you should live without regret. Mm. You know, for example, you went and tried out for the hockey team, right? Mm -hmm. If you had not, then you would have probably regretted it. Oh, yeah, of course. And so making the decision to try out. For me, that's all it takes. I mean, it's a low threshold almost, but Mm -hmm. honestly, taking the chances I do and whatnot, I, I find that to be the success. The Things that come from that, I think, are bonuses. Right. Right. Well, if you look at success from a business standpoint, Mm -hmm. what would be your definition of success? The immediate thought is uh, a positive revenue. Okay. A positive revenue. Perfect. So that is pretty much what most people consider a success to be, you know, doing well 
financially. Yes. I'm talking strictly business here. I'm not talking anything Sure, else. yeah. That's, so that's usually business. the number one thing. Okay. I like to argue against that point and challenge challenge your thought process and, okay. and, and see what see what you think about this. And right. this is this kind of opened up my mind and blew blew me away. One of the things that I look at is for my peers, what I thought was success, they would recognize, hey, I've been doing good. I'm I'm you know generating. I'm doing well financially. I'm you know I'm getting out there. People are knowing who I am. That's success, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart is a comedian. Oh, I think he's, he's the hi- highest paid actor comedian right now, or comedian right now, right? Yes. So people consider him successful. Correct. And he's been around for what two years, three years, you know, not a long time. Okay, here's why I challenge that whole thought process. I think he became successful 14 years ago when he went on his first audition, and when he thought of how he was going to get to where he wanted to be. Um, if you heard the story about um, his Bible and his grandma? No. Okay, so what happened was he was having a hard time making rent because he was trying so hard to go to all these auditions and everything like this. And so he would go to do this uh, uh, you know, audition, but then he'd say, hey, grandma, please, can I borrow some money for rent? You know, I, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm doing all these auditions. And, and this was a long time ago. And she would tell him, Kevin, I want you to go read your Bible. Read your Bible. And he'd go, okay, grandma. And he'd go on this, all this stuff. And he's like, hey, grandma, my, you know, I'm, I'm a week over my rent. You know, I, I can't, I, I don't have all of it. Can I please borrow some money? She's like, Kevin, go read your Bible. Grandma, I can't. Like, I, I, okay, fine. And then he'd come back, you know, he's like two weeks late and the landlord's saying, hey, man, you got to pay your bill. Yeah. And he comes, grandma, please, Kevin, you haven't read your Bible. And he's like, ah. Oh. So he goes and he, Get, oh, goes back to the, you know, and, and through a long conversation, like, Grandma, why don't you love me? Let's give it, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> Grandma's like, you haven't read, you told me you read your Bible. I don't think you did. And he's like, ah. Oh. So he went back and he's like, screw it. You know, it's desperate measures. Like, he's getting kicked out tomorrow. So he, he goes, pulls out the Bible that his grandma came and opened up and there's all his rent money. Oh, man. And, and <laughs> it's just kind of a, a neat story. But it goes to show a little bit about life lessons and keeping out there. And, and while this seems like it's a little bit off topic, it's not because it goes back to my definition of, of success. He was living, barely getting by because he was going after his dream. That's how much he wanted it. Right. Now, all of a sudden, two to three years, you know, the last two to three years, he's everywhere. Well, it's the same thing in our business. You're not productive when you're successful. You're not. You're productive when you're planning. And that's where I like to challenge people's thought about what success is. Your success comes from planning. So me, when I did this 12-week year and I planned out the next 12 weeks, I am now, I'm considering myself successful. I did it. I'm, that is my success. Now, others may not know that, but frankly, to be honest, I don't care because I need to know that I was successful and I did something I set out to do. And we'll see where this takes us. We have no idea, but I have a pretty good inkling that because I know what's going to happen every single day for the next 90 days, I'm not stressed. I'm not nervous. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And there's really cool tricks in there on what to do when something sporadically comes up. Everybody has that, right? And that's going to mess up your schedule. Sure. Yeah. Those unknown surprises. Well, that's built into the 12-week year. So it's pretty 
dang exciting. Well, so I was going to ask you, um, in the sense that you said planning is success. Mm-hmm. You're not saying that because you've planned it in such a way that it won't fail, right? Every step as a guaranteed, you're already, it's already set. You're, you're going to always meet whatever you've planned. Well, yeah, but now that's not to say that everything's set in stone. Okay. Because you can still, you know, make changes along the way. But you have to go back to your core values or your vision and make sure it's in line with what your end goals are before you make that change. So there, there's some, some things you have to take into consideration. But my point is the success comes from when you're most productive and when you're most productive is in your planning stages for doing something great. That is true. I got to admit, I love planning. Uh, that's also because I like logistics and, and planning in general. But um, uh-huh. I do see what you're saying in the sense that if I go ahead and put something together and I have a plan for X project, mm-hmm. then I'm pretty confident that the X is going to happen regardless of what's going to pop up because I planned it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where you're going with this, which is very exciting. So you have 90 days, you have the, this plan we're going to see, uh, I'm going to be checking in on you because yeah. you said Monday, well, it's a, right? It's life changing because it'll be every 90 days will be a new 12 week year. This yeah. is what I'm planning to do for the rest of my life. So January, uh, what'd you say? January 6th? January 6th. All right. That's my Friday. My, my next 12-week year will start on January 9th. I have just put it into my calendar to check with you around then to see how things oh, are going. Awesome. <laughs> be like, isn't it that time? Oh, yeah. Hey, Jamie, how's it going? Be like, okay. And I'll, I will happily share it with you guys. We'll have Jamie back on the show to talk about this. Oh, oh that'll be incredible. So, Jamie, it, this is a uh, Saturday, guys, that we're recording this, and you have the day ahead of you. So... What is something that you're kind of looking forward to today? What am I looking forward to today? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, <laughs> this is going to sound awfully boring, but I'm actually looking forward to reviewing my, my 12-week year today. I actually have it on my schedule to review today because yesterday was kind of a free day for me. So I did my hockey and my workouts and stuff like that and had fun yesterday. But today I'm just kind of reviewing and then tomorrow's going to be a rest day and uh, Monday I'm hitting it. See, that, hard. but that's not, that's not boring. That's, <laughs> it's because you're passionate about it, that you're, that, that's part of something you're doing on a Saturday. And yeah. so given that passion and something that I hope a lot of dream chasers have, what is something you would tell them as they try to chase their dreams? Well, a lot of people would say, just take action. And, and I'm, I'm all, I'm all about taking action, but I think, I think it should go deeper than that. I think Seriously, even after you finish listening to this call, you can hop off and and write out your vision for the future of where you see yourself in 2020. And you can easily do that by answering the five W's, who, what, where, when, why, who are you going to be? What are you doing? You know, what kind of car are you driving? Whatever. Who, what, where, where are you going to be? When, you know, 2020, when is this going to be happening in 2020? Is it the summer? Is it the spring? Is it the fall? And then why? What is your why? If you can put those five W's together, you'll pretty much have a vision, a core value, a vision statement of who you are. I think that'll help you give you tons of direction. There you have it, guys. Some guidance for you to have a vision to move forward for your dreams. Yeah. Great advice, Jamie. And I'm so happy you were able to come on the show and share that. Definitely check out the book. Very excited about that. And good luck with your next 90 days. Ah, thank you. It's so awesome being on the show, Amy. Thank you.
And guys, that was Jamie J, who is embarked on an amazing 90 days to his goal. And so I will check back with him in 2016, no, 2017, because that'd be the new year, and see how things are going with him. And in the meantime, you guys should take his advice to heart. Take some time, and if you don't have a clear idea of what your vision is, answer the five W's so that you can have a little bit more of a solid form of your vision, of your dream that you're chasing. Otherwise, you're just chasing a mist, and that's not productive for anyone, let alone you, the most important one. So go do that. And then also go check out the show notes page, which has all the links mentioned today, as well as the books Jamie mentioned. And you can find that over at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 65. That's episode 65. Till next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.